0: What sort of play were you as a little, Taylor? I'm just interested, physiologically, did you always have that acceleration?
1: Were you always quick? Scared blokes were always quick. Uh, and it was handy to be quick at assumption for a whole host of reasons. But Those who know assumption know it well. So it's it's always minus five degrees up there. It's always wet. It's always cold. So you, you become a pretty sk- a skillful player because you have to. Um, if you're playing the wet all the time, you learn where the ball's likely to get. You learn percentages. You learn... You know, you learn a bit more about the game than just. I think the guys would just kick a ball around for fun in, in the beautiful conditions, in pristine conditions. The gun that year was a guy called Matthew Dundas, who played for Fitzroy and and then Richmond. He was a, he was an incredible footballer as a junior. But of the of the say twenty core senior or first eighteen players, I think fifteen of them went to AFL clubs. Uh, the the gun of the team was a guy called Mark Shaw, who kicked. It was a small forward pocket, super quick, kicked about one hundred thirty goals. Uh, in his year 12 year and he was he was signed to go to the western bulldogs and on muck up day put his arm through a, a glass window and and sliced all the tendons never made it after that went to werribee and was a reasonable footballer for werribee but never the same player would have been a would have been a revelation at AFL level. So yours is an unheralded
0: journey, isn't it, to the top? So certainly weren't a prodigy or a boy wonder or a nailed on teenage talent. As you said, you just played for fun. So not always first 18 uh, footy at Assumption. How did you get to Port Melbourne and the VFA in 1990, I want to say?
1: Well, I moved down to Melbourne at 17 with my brother who was already living at the back of this shack with this uh, this grandma who used to adopt kids. So it was a funny little little setup in Cumberland Road, Pascoe Vale, and I said, we've got to play footy somewhere. The pair of us went down to the Coburg footy ground. Phil Cleary was coach, and we were a bit intimidated by Phil. And we walked in and said, hey, Phil, just two young kids from the country, just wanted to see if we can come down and have a kick. And he said, listen, I'll be honest with you guys, no point coming here. Like, you're not going to get a game. I'm not sure whether you're aware. We've just won. We've just won the flag. I think they went back-to-back flag. What are you two going to do to help us? Didn't even have a look at you. Didn't even have a look at us. So I walked in and thought, things are pretty tough down in Melbourne to even get into a club. So Luke Donald rang me, who was the guy I said went to St Kilda. He said, look, I know you're trying to get into the VFA and play some high-level footy. His father was the chief bookmaker in Melbourne who'd had some role with the Port Melbourne Footy Club. He said, go down to Port Melbourne. They'll give you an opportunity. So I went down there, walked in, There's a guy called Darkie McFarlane, the the, the the old bloke at the front of the door. He says, Right, oh son, you're going to come down and play for us, eh? I said, oh, well, you know, just happy to come down and have a look. He said, I've got three questions for you. I'm thinking, here we go, this is bloody tough, this VFA, right? On the way in. He said, are you a copper? I said, mate, I'm 17. He said, is your dad a copper? I said, no, he's not. And I'm thinking, that's that's two questions down. I'm, I'm, I'll be sweet here. He goes, uh, where are you going to play? I said, oh, "I, mate, I, I'm just happy to train, right? I said, I don't know, wing, half back, half forward, anyway. He said, we well, won't play wing here. I'm thinking, this is going really well. I said, why is that? He said, we don't have wings in this comp. And I'm thinking, gee, I probably should have known that, right? And I'm thinking, well, that's surely the end of the interview. And he says, are you a local? I said, no, I'm from Kilmore. I spent the next two years in the reserves. I should have said I was a local. Most fun I've ever had playing footy was at Port Melbourne.
0: So your first two games, first two years, rather, I think only eight games. So... Then Damien Drum, somewhere along the line, comes in as coach. Um, now, he'd go on, obviously, to take the reins at Fremantle a few years later and then obviously went into politics. But under him in 93, you don't just become a regular, but you become a star of the league. What? How did the penny drop? What turned it around?
1: There's a footy name that a few will know, Doug Searle, who was a long-time coach of Richmond under-19s. When he finished up, he wrote me a letter and he said, you should be playing AFL footy. I was playing reserves for VFA. Don't give up on this. Don't give up on that. Train harder. Do this. Do that. And it was the only person who'd ever said to me, "You actually could be better than what you're doing here. You're having a great time, but really, you could be doing more." When, when he when he moved on, Damien Drum came in. Drummy said the same thing to me, like about four weeks in, and I thought, "This is really weird. Like, what's going on here? We're just I'm I'm playing reserves." Like, I'm coming here every Monday night for fish and chip night and trying to buy some cheap jewellery, you know, whatever they've knocked off on the weekend, which was amazing in itself, some of those nights. Uh, Drummy come in, and after about th- two weeks of playing with Drummy, he said, look, I want you to play half back, but I don't want you to pick anyone up. I, I want you to work out who they're going to try and put it at half forward and you just play until he's kicked that many goals. We have to do something about it. And as the week's rolled on. What a roll! Yeah. What a roll! <laughs> like, ahead of your time too. But it, it, it sort of worked for both parties and we won, I think we lost one game for the year and then we lost the grand final. That year was just so much fun. You missed the listing by one vote, did Listed you Listed by one vote. Michael yeah. Sinney got you. Michael Sinney got me. Pran. But it, it sort of didn't matter because, you know, I play with guys that would, that just taught me so much. We, we had, so that year Jason Love, who's a hall of famer for Port Melbourne, really, is a toughest guy I've seen. He'd come back halfway through the year. He'd been delisted by Sydney and come back and play with us halfway through the year. But we had we had guys that would do anything to look after a young fella like me. Yeah. We had a guy called Dean Crimes who was who was just riding shotgun, keeping an eye on everything everything, making sure that if there was any violence to be had he was on hand. He was on hand. So what I liked about it too, looking back some of the old vision, is
0: you were rocking the long sleeve, but you were true to your roots all the <laughs> way through. The long sleeve, I'm not sure if you were born in it, you certainly retired in
1: it, you're always in it. I think that was the only jumper they had for me back then, number 41, so it wasn't a low number by any stretch. Well, if you've got no arm definition, as Adam Simpson says, go with the long sleever. <laughs> Damien Drum goes on to be
0: an assistant at Sydney. In late 93, he takes that position, and he ended up convincing the Swans to take it. so says the record anyway. But North Melbourne got in first, so... Memory of draft day, 93, pick 46. They'd obviously, well, I'm assuming they spoke to you and some other clubs as well.
1: I can't really remember the clubs. I remember Sydney were keen and they had two picks in the 20s and Drummy said, we're not sure which pick we'll take you with, but you're coming up here. You're coming to Sydney. So get yourself organised. Well, that Tell-
0: must have felt awesome.
1: Yeah, it did. It did. And I was nervous at the same time going to Sydney. You know, I hadn't really done any travel at that stage in my life. They bypassed those two picks. In those days, the, the draft was on the radio, but it wasn't on TV. And I remember getting a phone call saying, mate, they're up to pick like 35 and this the one's haven't gone anywhere near. I thought, oh, okay, this is, this is mm-hmm. not ideal. So in the end, I went mid-40s and I think Greg Miller walked across the road from Bowen, to Bowen's Timber. Who, this is literally across the road from the North Melbourne footy ground and said, look, we've just drafted your welcome aboard sort of thing. It's obviously where you're
0: working at the time. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was there at the time. And then the next day, went across the road and saw Dennis and Dennis said, have you got your runners with you? I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, let's do a beep test. So I did an on the spot beep test in the under the car park, uh, the roof there in the old greyhound bedding ring car park at you're at that stage where it's a bonus if you get picked up. Yeah. Just yeah. putting in another day's work. Just we'll just get on with it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If it does, it does.